This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got a, a cool show today. We've uh, got Volvo on the line later to talk about their new electric car. Electric cars are coming. Uh, right now, they're kind of expensive, but that price is going to drop over the next five years because all the major car manufacturers are coming out with electric vehicles. So that's going to mean a lot more competition. So you don't need to spend $100,000 on getting a Tesla. But the big thing I like about Volvo's approach, their car OS yes. is Android. Which it has got some interesting points to it uh, yes. as well. Uh, we will also be talking with uh, the folks at Brilliant. They make a really cool, smart light switch. It's a home automation system. Not only controls all of your lights, but every other smart thing you have in your home, from your Sonos music to your uh, thermostat to your smart lock to you name it, they can control it. It's pretty cool. You might be inspired actually put something like this uh, in your home. We'll also be talking about the latest Google announcements. They had a big event uh, this past week, announced the new Google Pixel 4 and a bunch of new Google Minis and Wi-Fi systems as well that if you're in the market to make your Wi-Fi better in your home, and I think we all are because it typically sucks, uh, their new system is actually super cool. It's like a mesh system that eliminates all the dead spots in your home and it has like they're almost like Google Minis built into the whole thing. So you have a voice assistant in every room. It, it eliminates the need for having multiple devices. Yeah. Uh, so this week here, John, I've, uh, I've installed a new server in my house. <laughs> I've had a server in my house for many years now, uh, and it's getting really long in the tooth. It's uh, an HP MediaSmart home server from like at least 12 years ago. And it's been serving me faithfully. I can't believe it's lasted 12 years. That's an amazingly long time for a PC system. Yeah, so I have all of my, like, everything on there. Like, I've got five people in my house, like, three kids, my wife, me. So all our homework and our files, everything are on there. Also, I love keeping all my TV shows and movies on there uh, as well. And so then I can access them on all the different TVs and Xboxes and everything that I have in my house, but I know that it's going to die or burn my house down soon. So I, I've installed a new uh, network attached storage device, a Netgear NAS, again, standing for network attached storage. It's essentially a smart hard drive. Right. Uh, so this one has actually four drive bays. I can have four hard drives in there. And uh, what I'm excited about is that I also have installed Plex, on it and i haven't really used plex before and i know a lot of listeners out there okay so i'll take that back a few nerdy listeners out there have installed this i think a lot of people if you have a home theater server type system yeah you've at least experienced plex in some form you may not have adopted it but you've certainly tried it but it's interesting because uh i'm trying to install this thing right now and it's got a ways to go to becoming easier for normal people to install this because I'm, I'm having issues. But, but you're I, not a normal person, Mike. No, I'm stupid. <laughs> trying to do all this stuff. I, uh, I've installed it and it's just not working 100%. The dream is that I've got a bunch of smart TVs in my house now with, you know, and I've got like Apple TVs hooked to them and I've got the little Raspberry Pis with the Cody home theater on them. But most of these smart TVs that I've bought now 
are these new Chinese ones like TCL and Hisense, which they're actually beating out like the Samsungs and, and Sonys of the world now. Just on price. On price, and yeah. quality is pretty good. But they have the Roku smart TV system built into them, which I like because it's so simple and you can have Netflix and Amazon Prime video and there's all sorts of other streaming channels. But if you want to watch local video that you own on your own hard drives or your, your own server. I, I didn't have quite the same experience. Do you have Roku? I didn't do it through Roku. Yeah. I was using Plex on my MacBook to transcode uh, videos specifically for my... Um, my VR headset. Okay. You, Which, you just went way nerdy, okay. Well, yeah. You would expect that, though. Yes, that's why I have you. Right. Um, but my VR headset had a very specific requirement for uh, some very high-end footage that Plex was the best way to deliver that okay. across my network, as well as everything else. You know, it, And it makes sense. The problem is I was running off of my MacBook. Yes. So every time I like reboot my MacBook, I have to like re-add plex and re-log in and all that kind of stuff versus having a home theater like system like you yeah where you can have it sort of up 24 7 yes so um so it'd be interesting to see how my vr headset would live in your world well we have to try that out so i'm trying to get this going with all my roku tvs and it's just not working yet because i'm excited to make that dream happen because if it can work on there then also if i'm traveling I'll be able to log into Plex and yeah. and have that on my iPhone or my iPad. And I definitely know people that have had that experience. And it in works. A, in, a, in a positive way. I think part of the problem that you have, though, is your Wi-Fi setup. And we're going to talk about mesh yeah, networking later on. Shut up about that. But I think we need to have an intervention at Mike's house and get him on mesh. Because literally all the networking problems that I ever had I know. disappeared I with know mesh. I know it's better, but I just... Then I gotta it's, take it, out my router and put in a mesh router system. Like I got too much stuff going on. Too many family members relying on all the stuff. You're yeah, doing too. I'm not very popular. But they're right gonna now. kill you soon, anyways, if your Wi-Fi continues to. Yeah, suck. we'll talk about my popularity uh, in my house right now uh, coming up. When we come back from the break, we're gonna talk about this new smart light system. Uh, it actually fits in your existing uh, light switches. It is freaking amazing. It's called Brilliant. It's from the U.S. They're just coming into Canada. It's probably the best one I've come across yet because it integrates everything. If you've got like a, a video smart uh, doorbell, a smart lock, uh, you know, network music system, it ties it all together and it works and it's simple. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Course Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Going to talk about uh, smart home control. One of the perks of uh, being nerdy guys is we get to try out uh, a lot of these uh, smart home devices. And uh, it's exciting times we're living in. You can really do some really cool stuff uh, with smart lighting, home automation, uh, things uh, like uh, Amazon Alexa and Google Home. But John, I don't know if you find this. uh, A lot of times it sounds cool, like what the product can do, but it doesn't always live up to the dream. (laughs) Never happens. Never happens. Well, I've actually come across something uh, that I just installed a few units in in my house, uh, and I'm all about the smart lighting. I love being able to control the lights in my house uh, through my Amazon uh, Alexa or on my phone, uh, because the kids and everyone always leave the lights on all over the place. So now I don't have to get up from the couch. So I'm getting fatter, but that's okay. Uh, so I, I came across this uh, smart lighting system uh, from the U.S. called Brilliant. And it's like a, uh, it goes right into your light 
switch socket. And they've got different sizes, like the one uh, switch right up to four switches. On the line, we have uh, got the founder and CEO from Brilliant. His name is Aaron Amy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so far, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, Aaron, this thing actually works. Uh, we're going to talk about what it does, but it's probably one of the the coolest ones that I've I've come across uh, to date. Uh, if if you look at it, and again, it comes in the different sizes. The main part of it is a a large touch screen that has all the information that you want. So you're able to control your lights. Uh, there's actually a video intercom on it as well. So you could actually video intercom between your different rooms. It can tie in with things like your ring alarm system and cameras and video doorbell. Uh, it's voice activated as well. It's like you're living on the enterprise. It's, it is like I'm in a Star Trek episode it, yeah. it, and it yeah. works. This yeah. is like one of the few times where I'm like, this is working too well. <laughs> What's going to happen? Uh, Aaron, tell us about Brilliant. How, how did you guys start? Yeah, I mean, it started from an experience that I had uh, doing a home, re a home remodel project and putting in a lot of different pieces of smart technology. And I found that I really liked them and they, had, they were valuable, they performed useful functions, but I really started to dislike the experience of using my house. Because if I'm sitting on my couch and I want to adjust the volume of my music or lock my door or whatever, and I got to go get my phone and authenticate myself to it and launch, you know, launch an app and navigate some menus. And by the time I'm able to do something, um, I'm really resenting the fact that I have a smart home at all. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, I felt really strongly that what we needed was just a capability that was there in the house for anybody who was in the house to be able to use it and to be able to access all of the different functions of the smart home from anywhere in the house. And we decided to do that by replacing a standard light switch with this touch panel with microphones for voice and with camera and so on. And that way you can pick and choose all throughout the house where you want to control it and just replace a light switch wherever you want to be able to control your house from. Uh, and it's just like replacing a, a standard light switch. Um, and uh, it really is a transformative thing in terms of opening up the house for everyone who's in it to be able to use all of the capabilities it has without going crazy with a million different apps or trying to remember exactly what to tell to a voice service uh, or what have you. We do build Alexa into it as well. Uh, and you know, it took us uh, about four, four and a half years of R&D. Uh, it was a, a lot of work because there's a lot of complexity there. Uh, and the hardest thing sometimes is to make things simple. Uh, so we've been gratified to have it out in the market for a little over a year now. Aaron, you know what I like about it is being like a, a nerd. And, you know, I do a TV show and radio show around you know, technology, as you can imagine, I have all sorts of crazy stuff in my house, like all different pieces. You know, I've got uh, smart switches from Leviton. I've got uh, smart light switches, uh, you know, Wemo ones. I've got a Sonos music system, you know, ring video doorbell. What I like is that it, it actually talks to all of them. It, it, it brings them all together. Uh, even my Ecobee thermostat, like I can control everything not only from that little video panel, but because it's got the Amazon Alexa voice assistant built into it as well, I can control everything with my voice and it works. And I, I know I keep saying that, you're probably tired of me saying it, but- uh, It doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't always work out. It rarely out. works out that way. <laughs> like how difficult was that getting all that stuff together, Aaron? Yeah, that's a huge amount of work because there's a lot of complexity, a lot of different APIs, a lot of different partnerships. You know, fortunately, 
I think the, the people providing all of these different kinds of solutions, you know, recognize the importance of the user experience and saw the value of what we were doing. So to use a couple of the examples from, from your home, uh, you know, Ring was incredibly supportive. We started working with them a, a year and a half before we launched. Uh, and, you know, they just saw an early prototype of it and went, wow, you're going to be the first people that we give uh, uh, API access to. Uh, we'll give you the, 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 the video feed. Amazon, you know, started working with us two years before we launched and give us uh, you know all of the the uh, access to the Alexa to building in Alexa voice services not just a works with kind of a kind of an integration uh, similarly Sonos you know worked with us from a year plus we were the first startup company to be in, to be in their API program because it's just kind of magical you know when anyone who's in the house can just walk up to the to, to the to the panel and look at all the playlists and favorites and, and play music and pick the zones that it's in and all that kind of stuff it's magical when someone's at your door and you don't have to have your phone in your pocket and you don't have to have the ringer on you know it'll it'll alert you that there's someone at the door and you'll see who it is on all of the panels in the house um, you know these are really transformative experiences when it comes to how you can use smart home technology and particularly how everyone in the house can use smart home technology so it's not just the resident geek uh, you know it's everyone in the house can use it and that's one of the things that we see that we're proudest of is you know, when you put in brilliant control, suddenly everybody is using Sonos, you know, and, and nobody resents it. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool because I have one of them installed in the kitchen and, you know, that's where everyone congregates. And, you know, it's been cool being able to use Amazon Alexa, uh, you know, and just my voice to play the different Sonos songs. But, you know, there's still something to be said by, you know, going up to a touchscreen and checking out the different playlists and, and you know, as you're playing music on it, it actually shows you the song and the cover art from the the album or the the single uh, as well. I think that's the the key thing, though, is being able to, to browse and see what my options are, yeah. as opposed to having to memorize a whole bunch of voice commands, for example. I know because I just keep picking the same, you know, '70s acoustic <laughs> playlist because I can't think of anything uh, else. Uh, can I just talk about uh, privacy? Aaron, there's a camera built into these uh, as well. And that was the first thing my wife uh, zeroed in on because she hates that. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm a privacy nut myself. Uh, I used to do cybersecurity work for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security to help prevent uh, online fraud and, and uh, exploits and so on. And, and so, um, you know, I take that very, very seriously. And as a company, we take that very, very seriously. And that's everything from just making sure that we've audited all of the security practices and that we're, we're encrypting things end to end and so on. But also... The camera itself has a physical plastic shutter that you can just slide shut uh, over it. So, you know, the camera is incredibly useful for, you know, for video intercom, for keeping an eye on the baby in the next room, for doing live view uh, of the video in your house to, to remotely monitor it. But, you know, you may not want your camera in your, uh, um, in, in your bedroom to ever be accessible. You just slide the plastic shutter and you know for sure it can't possibly be. Um, so we've really tried to you know, pay attention to privacy all the way through from the software design through to the hardware itself. Yeah, because once she brought that up, I instantly just showed her, hey, look, you can slide it right across. And then we spent about five minutes just really making sure <laughs> for her <laughs> that we could shut the uh, the privacy, uh, privacy shutter on. But uh, no, I, I do appreciate that uh, little detail. I, I love the fact, though, uh, you know, when someone, I've got a, a Ring video doorbell now, 
And I love that thing because now when someone rings the doorbell, it pops up in the kitchen right on the little brilliant screen and I can talk to them. Uh, and also because I've got a smart lock, I've got an August lock, I can unlock or I can lock the door depending if it's John <laughs> or, or not. Right. And, but uh, again, it, I'm just amazed at all the different partners that they, they have that you can integrate into this. And it's, it's simple. Like I would get an electrician to install this, especially for me. And I did that because... I'd get electrocuted. I'd find a way for that to happen. Uh, but it's, it's, it's not that difficult. You know, they've got a really good uh, tutorial that walks you uh, through it. Uh, but then setting up the software, super easy. Like it just steps you through step by step uh, right on, on the screen and asks you what your Wi-Fi network is and asks you what other kind of devices you have. Do you have a ring? Do you have a smart lock? And it just, it just integrates it all. For you, so you don't have to be like a an Uber nerd to make this uh, all all work. Uh, the pricing it it sounds like it's expensive, but when you compare this type of system to like some of these high end smart home systems, uh, which you know we're like in the tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, I think the single switch starts at about two ninety nine uh, US. Am I correct on that, Aaron? That's exactly right. But uh, you know, worth every penny, and especially because I can use all the other existing smart light switches I have in my house. I don't have to put one of these in every light switch you know what i mean right like uh you know i've got three now and uh i might add a couple more down the road but right now this is is fantastic aaron where can people find out more information about brilliant yeah the easiest place is on our website which is brilliant.tech brilliant.tech um and you know if you if you reach out to us we're always happy to, to answer questions about it as well fantastic good luck with everything and and thanks so much for coming on the show well thanks so much really appreciate it that was Aaron Amy. He is the founder and CEO of Brilliant. Uh, if you haven't checked out uh, this light smart or smart light switch system, yeah, you have to. It is simply amazing. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Still lots to talk about in today's program. Later on, we will have our Amazon skill of the week for all the Alexa, Amazon Echo speaker users out there with Alexa. And you know what? Alexa's built into everything now. I just, I'm looking in my house. I got too much Alexa going on. When you say Alexa, does it light up half your house? Oh, sweet Jesus, yes. Uh, I've got it in my Sonos speakers now. Uh, I have it in my new light switch control panel. I have it in my Ecobee speaker. And I also have like Amazon. Oh, I have an Amazon Echo Show. And I've got the speakers as well. Like it's all over the place. So you're giving out Alexa devices for Halloween. Oh, God, yeah. I got too many of these damn things. Uh, and we will also be talking electric cars. Volvo is uh, bringing out their electric vehicle. and We've uh, got them uh, coming in to chat with us uh, all about it. Let's talk, though, now about Google. They had a big announcement uh, this past week about all their Pixel and Nest stuff. They've announced a new Pixel phone and uh, updates to the, the Google Minis and uh, their Wi-Fi system as well, which uh, those are all branded under their Nest brand just to confuse people even more. Right, and they're calling it under the Made by Google. Is sort of... Like, <laughs> what marketing genius came up with that? Like, seriously. I don't know. Do you think they're trying to give more weight to Nest to compete against... Uh, Amazon's Ring brand? You would hope, but this confusion and the rebranding and the deleting of apps and all this other kind of stuff that they've been doing is nothing more than confusing and further fragments their potential attempt at taking on Amazon. Well, it's interesting. So I think people are getting familiar with the Google Home speaker and the Google Minis. Uh, I believe they're the dominant 
voice assistant in Canada now? And still, I, I, I just anecdotally talking to friends, if they have one, it's Alexa. Yeah, but uh, they came into the market first before Amazon did here in Canada. In the rest of the world, Amazon is kicking their butt. Like yes. hands down, 75% market share or above, depending on the country. But here in Canada, it, it's been Google eating because they had the early lead. Yeah. But you're right. Like I can't help but think that Amazon has at least caught up. We'll have to look up that stat. Yes. And, and get back to the listeners on that. But okay, so the Google Minis and the Google Home, but now they've branded them under the Nest brand. Nest yes. is their uh, home thermostats, uh, their smoke detector, their cameras. And now they've put the Google Minis, their nest minis uh, <laughs> nest mini second gen is what they're calling it by google by google <laughs> jesus <laughs> okay but they didn't update the home not yet no no so what's new with the mini um it, the usual thing they have some new colors they have apparently better audio um it's just another iteration of it yeah the thing that i got really excited about though was the nest wi-fi Okay, let's cover that. What, so, what are so we looking at? What they've basically done is they've taken the idea of the smart speaker and they've thrown in a mesh network into it. Got it. So you get two devices for the price of two devices as one unit, though. Yeah, so uh, again, mesh networking for the listeners at home. This is the latest generation of Wi-Fi routers. So you know you have Wi-Fi in your home and it's always been crappy because that Wi-Fi router is typically in the corner of your house. <laughs> Well, it's wherever your internet service comes in. Yeah. And, and you, that's never in the middle of your house. That's no. in a, a dark corner somewhere. Right. And so mesh networks expand your network because you can actually add different little pucks or stations throughout the house to cover the entire house. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the mesh network is these de- these little devices can be deployed anywhere. They just need a power outlet typically. Sometimes they can be mounted on the wall, they can be put in a closet, whatever. You can put them in those dark corners of your house where you didn't have Wi-Fi before and it talks to the main base station and it extends the range. Seamlessly is the, the keyword there because a lot of people have been trying these extenders. I got an extender in my house and it sucks bananas. Like yeah. it is just not good. No. No, and the, it causes more trouble than yeah, anything. Yeah, it's just amazing though how great the range is. It's interesting too how they actually sell uh, these devices is by square footage that they cover in your house. Yeah. So the base model for the uh, Nest Wi-Fi is about uh, $200 and it covers about 2,400 square feet. How many are there, two? You get two. Yes. Yeah. So you can add another one though and it, it goes up to like 5,000 square foot house. Yeah. You can get a three pack for I think for 450 bucks or something like that. So, but it, it'll- Do you remember when routers were like getting down to $50? Yeah. Yeah. And how, how good were they? Not that good. No. But it's interesting. They're important now because I'm, I'm having troubles in my home and it has to do not with, uh, you know, my marital relations or, <laughs> or, you know, my emotional connections with the kids. It's about Wi-Fi. Yes. They all hate me right now because the Wi-Fi is just not good enough. Right. Because the boys, they're doing online gaming and they're getting bad latency and bad ping rates. And I'm just like, I don't care. I just found it funny that your Tesla is in your driveway and it doesn't get Wi-Fi from your house. So you had to come to my house to use to, my mesh to network do the update. to do your update for your, for your, for your car. So anyway, um, if, if I were running for election in my house right now, I'm way down in the polls. Like... <laughs> Even the Green Party would beat me uh, because I just can't seem to get the Wi-Fi working properly. I'm going to have to go to a mesh. But, I just, you know, I got so much crap in my house now. 
I just hate substituting something else. In. Well, that's I think that's what the premise of the Nest Wi-Fi is, is that you can actually replace two devices with one station, Yeah. right? So you've got a number of Google uh, Minis yes. throughout your house. You can get rid of those, give them those away to the kids for Halloween, yeah. and replace it with the Nest Wi-Fi. And you actually will have a, me- a mesh in your house then. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. So they're extending my Wi-Fi network, and they've got Google Assistant built into it. And it's a smart speaker. Because I need more of that in my house. Right. But so going back to the Wi-Fi, I just, because I, I wanted to look, how many devices do I hooked up have hooked up to Wi-Fi alone? I have 50 devices in my house that are accessing just the Wi-Fi network. That's not even the, the hardwired Ethernet. Right. So I have, I don't have kids, and I have 36 devices connected to my Wi-Fi in my house. Sweet Jesus. This is all the Internet of Things, all the yep. Raspberry Pis that we talk about all the time. This is all my game consoles, my TVs, my Apple TVs, every tablet and smartphone known to man. Um, and it, one system controls it all with my mesh, and it's fantastic. Okay. Right. Now, <laughs> I just, I'm just tired of mesh, ripping out things. And mesh makeover at Mike's. It is. It is. Okay, let's talk about the Pixel phone. Yes. Pixel 4. And 4XL. Yeah, you just bought a Pixel 3 (laughs) six months ago, and you're a loser now because the Pixel 4 is out. Do you think it's worth the upgrade? It depends what you're using it for. Uh, It was interesting, though. They decided to only go with two lenses where everybody else is going three or more. Yeah, but still, their cameras are excellent. They are. They're really good. But one thing they took away, which was kind of surprising, is they took away the unlimited photo uploads. If you had a Pixel 4, you had that as a feature. Pixel 3, you mean? Pixel 3, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Pixel 4, not anymore. <laughs> Do you think they figured uh, they were giving away too much cloud space for free? Maybe. Maybe yeah. people were using it because they have such good cameras on those phones. Yeah. Um, but the other challenge, too, is that they only have a 64 and a 128 gig option yeah. for these devices. Yeah. Which, you know, it's probably fine for most people. I, I would have liked fine. to see a 256. You know, I. it doesn't matter to me anymore because most of the stuff's up in the cloud. So, uh, But if your I, cloud's not unlimited anymore i know but i have an iphone you don't have un- you have an iphone you don't yeah. have unlimited no no so you're paying for cloud storage yeah, uh, yeah but i don't store my photos in the cloud the way the auto upload features that people use with the photos app and stuff because I, I don't want to be waiting time for that stuff to go up there i rather have all my phones local or all my photos local yeah but it's all seamless i don't even notice yeah. So it to me the 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 memory storage size on the phones is irrelevant now because everything's going to the cloud. Yeah, but if you shoot a lot of 4K video, yeah, how much 4K video are you shooting? Lots. Okay, but you're a weird Uber nerd, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's great footage. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, okay, so Pixel Four, uh, more iter- iterative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more. Iterative. There's no like fireworks going off as far as like, oh my God, this thing is just no, but 10 times more amazing than the there Pixel 3. Is, the, the one example that I, I came across that I thought was really interesting is they have an app called Recorder. Okay. And it's built in. And what they've done is they've managed to have a transcription service built into the phone using artificial intelligence. So you can plug the phone down, run the Recorder app, and it'll transcribe a meeting, uh, uh, a speaking engagement, a conversation with your family, and you'll have all that trans, uh, transcribed in real time on the phone, no cloud uh, back and forth at all. Oh, it's just... Natively on the phone. That's cool. 
So, I mean, that's taking advantage of all their sort of smarts in the artificial intelligence realm and putting it in an offline version that lives on the phone. So for the Pixel 3 users out there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But is it worth like getting the Pixel 4? No. Pixel 2, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if you just got the 3, you're going to be fine. You'll still be happy. I don't think you're really missing out on anything yet. But maybe that will change when we get our hands on one. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Volvo and their electric cars. It's boxy, but it's good. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Let's talk electric cars now. They are coming in uh, in force. Uh, one of the big guys, Volvo, is uh, coming out with uh, a new model on the line. We've got uh, the managing director from Volvo Canada. His name is Matt Gerges. Thanks for joining us, Matt. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Let's talk about your new car, uh, the yes. first fully electric Volvo XC40 Recharge. What's it all about? Yes, yeah, so the Volvo XC40 Recharge, so it's our first fully electric car. So we're super excited about that here in Canada and globally as well. Uh, we are launching it. Well, we launched it now. We had our release um, release yesterday, but we are going to have it in the market in the second half towards the end of the year next year. So we're very excited about it. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming with electrification. What kind of range is uh, this particular car going to have? So in Canada, it's uh, EPA tested for 320 kilometers, just a little bit over that. So the range is uh, quite competitive. And do we know pricing yet on it? We don't have pricing yet to discuss, but it will be competitive in the marketplace. And this particular model, like what competitors are you going after with this one? Who's it kind of aimed at? Well, I would say that what we're trying to do is give customers what they want in terms of electrification. So really what we're trying to do is offer up this um, this option to our customers. It's our first fully electric car, but it's the first of many. So what we're going to do after launching the XC40 uh, recharge is to have a fully electric variant of all of our vehicles after. So really what we're trying to do is not necessarily target a specific uh, competitor. But what we're trying to do is electrify our range so that we give customers options across our entire range. Well, that kind of makes sense. So it's just not like one vehicle, <laughs> like, exactly. like one electric Not vehicle. one vehicle, but all of the lineup electrified. Tell us about uh, the the operating system. I understand there's going to, uh, they're going to have uh, the Android operating system uh, inside the car running it. Yeah, exactly. So as our, um, you know, in line with the announcement we had yesterday, there's two kind of big pieces of news. One is the electrification strategy in line with how we're trying to move around sustainability, which we could talk about too. And then also the development we've made in infotainment. So we are together with Google launching the, um, for the first automotive company, Android operating system in the car. So it's going to be very intuitive. You're going to have Google Maps. You're going to have Google Assistant. Uh, It's going to be very seamless and intuitive experience. So we're very excited about that. First in terms of infotainment, um, together with a strong partnership with Google. So it's going to be great. Let's just talk about the car. Uh, You know, I guess for a lot of people, there's still uh, range anxiety uh, with electric vehicles uh what do you say to those folks well we can we can understand that and uh, you know electrification is something something new that we're building on together so we're super focused on not just the product but making sure we give our customers access to the infrastructure around so that that anxiety is reduced so for example as part of the um the android operating system that we're going to have google is going to be able to tell all of our customers hey guys here's quick access to the infrastructure around you so we're doing what we can to reduce that anxiety let's talk about uh, your uh, overall climate uh, plan as well when it comes to reducing your carbon footprint what's happening there yeah so volvo is very known for 
for safety, right? And our focus on safety, we've built this into the core of our DNA. Now the next phase for us is sustainability. So, you know, we safety is important for people, but how important is it to take care of the planet in which we live? And we feel like we do need to have a, a very big accountability over that. So electrification is just one piece of taking concrete steps towards um, towards improving sustainability and taking care of the planet. We're also looking at improving not just the emissions from our tailpipe, but also across our entire supply chain reducing the carbon footprint. So when we talk about our relationship with our suppliers, we're working with them to make sure that they are acting sustainable. And when we talk about even the material we're putting in our cars, it will eventually be 25% recycled material, which is going to help with the environment as well. So Volvo's taking concrete measures in order to play our part in improving um, climate change and our carbon footprint overall. That's amazing. Uh, 25% of uh, future cars would be made up of recycled material. So out of like plastic bottles and <laughs> straws or... <laughs> Well, we'll, we'll make sure that the, the material that we're putting into the car as much as possible is recycled. That's, uh, that's, uh, very, uh, very cool. So this is the, the first one. You said it's coming out in, uh, late 2020. Do you have a roadmap of, uh, you know, additional vehicles coming down in the next few years? Yeah. So every launch that we're going to have after the XC40. Uh, we're going to have a fully electric variant of the vehicle. Talking with uh, Matt Gerges, uh, he's with Volvo Canada. Where can people find out more information about this car? They can visit our website um, and find out more information. We're happy to give more details about what's to come. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Take care, guys. When you come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. We've got time for our Amazon skill of the week. What do we got? Do you like playing bingo, Mike? Not yet, but I, <laughs> I I feel in about 10 years, suddenly this bingo wave will wash over me. 10 years, okay. Yeah. Well, you can play a game of bingo at home with the help of the Bingo Alexa skill. Okay, so do you have to have your own bingo cards? I guess it helps. You do, but all you need to do is say, Alexa, open bingo, and you'll start playing. Uh, then you use next to move on to the next number. Yeah. So basically, she's just going to read out the numbers for you. Yes. Um, you can, uh, you'll still need a card. And you can download the PDF versions from lovemyecho.org. Lovemyecho.org. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But for this skill, I have to download it from the Alexa store. You, you do need, well, you need to, uh, you need to install this skill. Yeah. So it's the bingo Alexa skill. Yeah. And then uh, basically when you run it, just make sure you have your PDF bingo cards ready and you're good to go. You don't need this. You don't need the daubers. You can just use a pencil or something. But the daubers make it fun. It could be. Okay, and what's the skill called again? Bingo Alexa skill. That's all the time we have left for Get Connected. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, The App Show, every Sunday here on CKNW and across the Chorus Radio Network. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.